Uh, listen, I love you. I appreciate you. And I'm so thankful for today. Uh, this is going to be a good word for you. And I pray it's, it's just a reminder of God's grace in your life and his desire to use you and to use your story and to use your testimony. Friends, listen, all of us have a story. All of us have a testimony. If we are born again believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, where we came from and where we are now. And as we think about that story and that testimony, you know, it, it carries with us. It goes with us as, as we journey this life of faith. And, and even after we pass on, if we've done our due diligence to serve the Lord Jesus Christ, and if we've done everything we can in order to tell others about him, the testimony of God's work in our life will live on for generations to come. Uh, have you ever thought about that, that? That maybe two or three generations from now, maybe somebody is still talking about what God did in your life. You, you know, friends, as a father, I think about this a lot. Um, you know, I've got three children and, and I, I love my, my three children. I've got two boys and a little girl. I've got a 15-year-old, a 13-year-old, and a 7-year-old, me and my wife. And, you know, I think about it many times. How, uh, you know, right now we're setting a foundation in their lives is hopefully going to carry on for generations to come. I think about my grandchildren, my great grandchildren, my great great grandchildren that I don't even know. They're not even born. But, but I think about them and think about, you know, uh, the life I live today will affect the future generations of my offspring and if I'm not faithful to follow the Lord Jesus Christ today, maybe they will never follow him. But I desire for all of, uh, all of my great-grandchildren, great-great-grandchildren, way on down the line, generations from now, I desire that all of them should know the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I'm living my life now, living my testimony now, that generations from now, they might hear of a great-grandfather that loved the Lord Jesus Christ and was a preacher of the gospel. And you say, Zach, that's kind of crazy. Like Nobody remembers their great-grandfather and what he did for the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, nothing could be further from the truth. I, I, I don't, didn't get the chance to know my great-grandfather, Williams. Uh, he died when I was just a little, little boy, just two years old. He passed away, maybe three uh, years old, he passed away. So I never really got to know him. When I was a little fella, he was already uh, very sick and was in the hospital for the majority of the time that I was a small child when he was alive. But today, his legacy lives on in my family. When we talk about Walter Williams, we talk about this man of faith who was a prayer warrior. As a matter of fact, when I go home uh, back to Rock Hill, South Carolina, if I tell people that I'm of the Williams family and that I'm of Walter Williams' lineage, people will tell me to this day he was a godly man. He lived for the Lord Jesus Christ. He loved his family. People talk about his prayers and how people were healed. And so the things you're doing now are leaving a legacy for generations to 
to come that people will still talk about. And when we look at the story in the text today, we find that Mary, that one who came and broke the alabaster jar and anointed the body of the Lord Jesus Christ with spikenard, we find that her testimony is going to live on for generations. You know, when we think about this house of Simon uh, who had a serious skin disease in Bethany, when we think about this house and what it represents, it, it's, it's really this, this, this house full of, of people from all different backgrounds and, and who, had, who had been saved and redeemed and changed by the Lord Jesus Christ. It's, it's a house that was filled with aroma as she anointed the body of Jesus. It was a house that was filled with rage as Judas Iscariot begins to whisper in the ears of the disciples and say, what a waste. But then this was also a house of reward because in this moment, Jesus is going to say something that's going to change this lady's life forever and is going to guarantee that what she did would be told as long as the gospel is preached. Listen to what Jesus said. He says, leave her alone. Why are you bothering bothering her? This is Mark 14, 6. She has done a noble thing for me. You always have the poor with you and you can do what you want or you can do what is good for them whenever you want, but you don't always have me. Jesus says, well, what's all this concern about the poor? I mean, all of a sudden you, you, you're wanting to, to sell this ointment and get on her for what she did. Listen, you're always going to have the poor, but I'm not going to be here much longer. What she's done is a noble thing. She's done what she could. She has anointed my body in advance for burial. Remember what I said to you the other day. She is already living on resurrection ground. This is something you do after somebody dies, not before. But she knew it'd be a waste to anoint his body after because he's going to get up out of the grave anyway. So let's just anoint the body now. He's going to die, but I believe he's going to resurrect She's done what she could. She's anointed my body in advance for burial. I assure you, wherever the gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be told in memory of her. And here I am 2,000 years later, still telling the story of what Mary did this night in Bethany as she anointed the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, I can't help but to think when Mary walked into that room, what she was doing to her was just an act of worship. It seemed really small. You you know, she didn't walk into that room that night thinking, I hope people recognize me. And I hope that, that, that somehow, some way, I get some, 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 some uh, esteem and, and I get some popularity amongst these people and, and, and that Jesus recognizes me as the greatest saint in the room. She, she didn't go in with that attitude. She, she went in with the attitude of, I'm going to do this small act that people might know him, that people might recognize him, that people might see him, that people might worship him. Speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ, it was not about her. It was all about him. And because of that one small little act she did, Jesus is 
glorified. Jesus is magnified. Jesus is worshiped. And in turn, Jesus rewards her with a legacy that stands today, which, which, which I want to say to you, friends, many times we think if we're not Billy Graham, if we're not standing in front of 85,000 people and, and preaching the gospel, that that God doesn't see it and that we'll never be known in the grand scheme of things. Listen to me, friends. It's not about those big things you do. It's those little things you do in the background that leave the legacy of who you are. It's my great-grandfather on his knees praying for his 16 children by name every night. That's the legacy that lives on. I can't tell you what he did as a deacon. I can't tell you what he taught as a Sunday school teacher. But I know one thing. My great-grandfather got on his knees every night and prayed to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's a little thing, but it made a big impact on the kingdom because his children were saved and they became gospel singers. Many of us became preachers and teachers of the gospel. And so friends, what he did still lives on today. What she did still lives on today. What are you doing now that's going to last for generations to come? I, I, I want us all to evaluate that question. Some of you may say, I'm not doing anything. Well, it's time to start. Some of you might say, I'm doing a lot. Keep on. What else can you do? Whatever it is, do it for the glory of God. And I promise he will reward you. May God bless. And I'll see you next time on New Horizons.